Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Teg. And I'm Eric. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. This week, we want to welcome the author of the Seen Unseen Disneyland book series, Russell Flores. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. And also joining us this week is the author of eight books, including the Mouse Tales series, Reality Land, and the 55ers Club, David Koenig. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is pretty fun. We haven't even gotten into it yet. It'll get real oh, yeah. fun here. Hey. <laughs> it gets better than this? Wow. I know, right? Lots to offer here. Well, thanks for joining us. Let's start off. Teg, kick us off on our first question here. Sure. So there's been a lot of change in the Walt Disney Company recently with Bob Iger coming back, Bob Chapek leaving. Uh, There's been some layoffs. There's the Disney 100 stuff going on. There's just a bunch of stuff going on. What do you think the next big thing from Disney will be? Is it going to be a movie, a park, an acquisition, something else? Like, what do you think the next big thing for Disney is going to be? What do you think, Russ? So... You know, there's been a lot going on. There's been a lot of purchasing under Iger. He purchased a lot of stuff. Then we obviously had the big setback there for a while. I think the thing is they, they're going to be finding their, their, uh, steps again. You know, going back to their traditions is where I think they're going to go. Uh, they kind of strayed a little bit away from that, got a little bit more bottom line than they maybe should have. And, and I think they're going to come back to the back home, in other words, and start, you know, Getting back to traditions again, I think that's going to be a big emphasis for for them for a while. What do you think, Eric? I, I like that. That's interesting. I I thought that the I guess the news a few months ago about them purchasing that giant cruise ship was re- really interesting too. Um, it seems like they're going to be opening up some more cruises, but maybe in the Asian market specifically, so not necessarily for the U.S. So I wonder if that means more ships or more more park stuff in places that don't affect. Um, the U.S. I mean, that could be interesting. There's still a lot of room for them to expand. And, um, you know, I, I'd like them to focus more on the U.S., of course, because that's where I live. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of extra market out there as far as the corporation's concerned, I think. David, what's your take? My take is what I think Disney will promote as their next greatest big thing will be whatever they do next, whether even if that's they painted a wall a different color. <laughs> that will be the next great thing to them or Mandalorian three or whatever to them. Everything is a, is a gigantic celebration, no matter how insignificant, but as far as it, what they should do, their next gigantic big thing that they absolutely should do is a third park in, in Anaheim. They can rejigger some parking lots and some other holdings they have outside their, their two existing parks right now. And they could make room for a third park and the demand is absolutely there. And they're in a catch-22 right now, which there's people seemingly pay any price to get an annual pass or to get in the in the door. And their response has been, okay, as long as this demand is so high, rather than provide more supply, we'll hold back on the supply, not to uh, build out the true entertainment capacity that we could have and just keep raising the price. And at some point, they're going to back themselves into a corner, whether that's they hit 200 or $300 or $400 a day to get in or 2000 or $3,000 or $4,000 for an annual pass. And all of a sudden, they're going to have burned so many bridges that by the time they finally do open that third park, they'll have worked their admission price to a point where they may not be able to support that with a with a new park. So I, I think that should be their, their next move. I do not expect it to be, but... Uh, 
when they put me in charge, that's when I'm green lighting. <laughs> that's a great idea. Eric, you mentioned this partially completed ship that I want to talk about for just a oh, second yeah. before I give my answer. So this morning, because I'm I'm a wild and crazy guy, uh, <laughs> I spent a little time perusing the 2022 Disney Company annual report. And there was one line in here about that ship that I thought was interestingly worded. Quote, in page 17 of the annual report, for anybody who wants to go look this up, in November 2022, the company purchased a partially completed ship for an amount that is not material. (laughs) So it's like, we're not going to talk about how much we paid for it. The ship will be approximately 200,000 tons. It will incur the cost to complete construction with total cost anticipated to be less than our recent fleet additions. The ship is expected to be delivered in 2025. But I just thought that an amount that's not material. Eh, don't pay attention to how much we probably paid for this. Just uh, just trust us. It's going to be good. But I want to think that the next interesting thing will be something related to the parks, right? Like, I love the parks. A lot of people love the parks. I think, David, you're absolutely right that Anaheim definitely needs a third gate. I've also been saying that what they really should do, and it's kind of funny because Universal's doing it now, which is they should build parks elsewhere in the U.S. They say they have a supply and demand issue. Well, build more supply. You you can do it. You're going to make money off of it. But in reality, it's probably going to be something like folding Hulu into Disney Plus and not having a bundle anymore. It'll just be, guess what? All the Hulu stuff's at Disney Plus. Yay us! I also heard that they were thinking of maybe dumping Hulu. I mean, they don't have full control of it, do they? No, No. but they own the biggest share. The only other company that, if I understand it correctly, the only other company that owns anything is Comcast. And there's another podcast I listen to that talks about streaming stuff in general. And they talk about Disney quite a bit. And they said that basically Comcast is holding out to try to get the most money from Disney as they can, but they don't really want it either. They just know Disney will has the deep pockets and will pay for it. Mm-hmm. And Disney's kind of waiting until the contract that they have is up. Because if they try to buy it now, they have to pay a higher fee because it's before the contract term ends or whatever. So, you know, all that legal <laughs> mumbo jumbo. Right. Well, that wraps up our first question. Now we go to Russ for their question. So the big news this week that I saw on, on Instagram was about the conversion of the Pacific Wharf to San Francisco. Sokio? I always say that wrong. San Francisco. <laughs> so I was wondering, are are you excited about that? Not excited about it? Don't really care which way they go with it? And should they be doing all of this new improvements and stuff right now with the way the economy is and with all the you know fees that they're charging? Or should they start putting a little more maintenance into the program again and, and getting things to sparkle again? When I was thinking about this question... It, it takes me back to when DCA first opened and when DCA first opened it, you know, it was nice, but it, you know, it was California and people are coming to California to go to Disneyland when they can go 20 miles and they could see the beach or they can go 30 miles and see the mountains. You know, they could see the real thing. And those of us that live in California were like, why we don't want to come to see California. We want to come see Disney. That's why we came so when they started all the the conversions, you know, DCA 2.0, as a lot of people call it, I was excited about that because when I go to Disneyland, I want to see Disney. And, you know, everyone's not going to ever be in a 100% agreement. You know, they've done some things. It's like, oh, I wish they had done this instead of that. But at least it's Disney now. You know, we're paying to see Disney. We want to see Disney quality. So, you know, I'm excited about the conversion, you know, instead of it just being Monterey, which is, you know, just three hour drive for me to be able to go see something unique and and Disney. 
I I enjoy that. So I would definitely like to see, you know, putting some more money back into maintenance. And, you know, when you see something distressed at Disney, it's kind of disheartening. But we'll, we'll see where they go from there. What do you think of all that, Eric? Well, you're changing my perspective a little bit here. <laughs> so that's interesting. Because initially, I, I wouldn't have used the word excited. Uh, you know, it's it's just a change. We're going to keep most of the same stuff there. And it's an area of the park that I really don't spend a lot of time in usually. But but yeah, I do like I get that perspective. I'm not I'm not a Californian. I didn't even go to DCA 1.0. So I don't have you know, I just read about that sort of thing. And, it, you know, it, I guess from my perspective, I like that they're taking the time to put new things in. Yes, there's a lot of maintenance that needs to happen. And I would like to see more of that. But I, I think with Universal just pushing, you know, they're going to keep putting completely new stuff out. Disney needs to have something other than we repainted the Haunted Mansion again. At least that's the way I'm, I'm looking forward, you know, looking at it. I am looking forward to those blimp things. I don't know how that's going to work out at, at San Francisco, San Francisco. See, I can't say it either. <laughs> I really would people like to see People can't even that. say Autopia correctly, and <laughs> they expect people to be able to say San Francisco. Uh, yeah, good point. Good point. That Autotopia. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, Dave, what's your perspective here? Good. Well, this is, I mean, it seems like a pretty, pretty minor, harmless change. So it's, uh, I have no problem with it. I, I don't quite know. There's going to be very little new, probably the only real new thing besides uh, superficial architecture changes will be an opportunity to meet and greet with, with Baymax. So that will be nice. The, the folks who've seen that, that character before that, at, at Disney World, there's always a long line, and it's a it's a fun costume. It's not just like uh, you know Tigger or something, where it's just a, you know it's a it's really an impressive uh, outfit. So that will be nice, but I, I don't think we can have to choose between this or anything new and necessary maintenance. That should be something that they do every single day, and there should not be uh, you know they, they should not cut that ever or anything um even if if it costs too much money they'll uh, they'll find the money somewhere that's a that's a necessary and for all reasons yeah i'll piggyback on what you said dave i'm pretty excited to have baymax in the park somewhere i did meet baymax out in florida and i agreed with you like it it's a really impressive contraption that they have for that so i'm very excited to to have that somewhere in california the concept art has him kind of poking out this door and i thought it was very adorable kind of looking the other part of the question about uh plussing and maintenance and all that i think the reality is that they they have to add stuff and, and eric your points 100 universal's building stuff right they're they're a real competitor for disney now and i don't honestly think disney considers them one yet for some reason disney just thinks they're untouchable but to the public they're becoming kind of on par in a lot of ways and so i i just get worried that disney is blinded by its own success and it can't see that like there's somebody hot on their tail but also you need to balance that with maintaining what you already have i mean i remember the dark days i'm sure everybody uh except for you eric who didn't go to the parks <laughs> during this time but i'm sure that russ and dave were both in the parks pre-2005 when they had cut maintenance so bad and Matt we met came in right before the 50th and just painted every dang surface in that park and brought it up to gorgeous level of of maintenance but that was because it had for years it had kind of not been maintained there was some 
injuries in the park, some deaths in the park because of, of lack of maintenance and uh, upkeep. So, you know, they got to balance it. They got to have new stuff, but at the same time, they got to keep what they have there. So, well, um, anything more to add, Russ, or you, you kind of kicked us off there pretty well. Yeah, I, I, you guys have all pretty much all, we've, sounds like we're all pretty much in agreement here. Yeah. Um, you know, it, the, yeah, I, I think Universal is a, a real competitor, but then again, you know, looking at like their latest edition, it's, it's very flashy, but then like their, their big, attraction there or i guess they call them rides the <laughs> the carts it's supposed to be these high speed carts you know they're they're doing a game but then they're slow <laughs> so my daughter you know she's looking at the videos and she's going i don't get it it's supposed to be this race car but it's going slow so yeah they are a competitor you know when they when they came out with with hogwarts you know they they really put a dent in you know some of the finances at disney world but then again, they're they're still learning too. So I, I think Disney does need to consider them a threat. But you know they 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 still have the lead, and they need to you know work on keeping that lead. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I have to say the the Baymax walk around character. I we still my family still pull out the pictures every once in a while of when my <laughs> nephew met him and ran up and bounced right off of him and fell backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and the cast member said that happens all the time. <laughs> That's so Baymax-like. Did he make that boing noise, though? <laughs> I wish. I should add that into the uh, the video. <laughs> oh, you have a video of it, too? It, yeah, I didn't catch the whole thing, but because uh, I was standing a little bit further back and trying to take it and didn't expect that to happen, so I wasn't filming at the right time. <laughs> oh, well, now well. you gave me a whole new game to do when Baymax comes to Disneyland. I just got to stand <laughs> there and watch for kids to go bouncing off of them. Right. Oh, uh, it was great. Well, that's two questions down. Uh, we have reached our halfway point. So if you would like to support this podcast, please head over to thehubcrawl.com slash support and uh, join our Patreon crew. Uh, you can get access to a special Discord chat where we put out the bonus questions each episode and you can answer those questions and, and we'll we'll read them on the air here and you can... Uh, get access to that bonus question itself. You get you get to hear the show a few days early and hear a little bit more content from us. So if you like what we're doing, please head over and give us a little little extra support. Well, thanks, Eric, for that. Our bonus question this week that I want to read one of the feedback from our Discord channel is the state of Disney now that Iger has returned. Well, our supporter Kate said that they don't feel a whole lot of actual change for the better is happening, but she does think that Iger is much better with his words and presenting things in a smoother, more palatable way, and is at least saying the right things. Whether that turns into measurable change is yet to be seen. If you want to hear our panel today's answer to that very question, become a supporter and listen to the extended episode. But now it's time to get back to the regular questions. Let's hear what Eric has for us. All right. I'm looking at at some of the feedback that's been going on, and people are talking about that they're doing Tron preview and there's not a lot of Tron merch. We've had movies and, and other things coming out lately, and there just doesn't seem to be a lot of merchandising going along with it. There's not a lot of uh, presence in the parks. You know, I'm thinking of the uh, whenever a new movie comes out, they'll just have a different mural for you to stand in front of at Disneyland. That sort of thing is what I'm, I'm thinking about here. So is has Disney been doing enough in the parks to promote their upcoming and current films and should they, you know, is there anything else they could be doing that is palatable or should they just kind of, you know, stay away and keep doing what they're doing? What do you think, Dave? Well, I think they're not only doing enough 
in the parks to promote their movies. They're not doing enough in movie theaters to promote their movies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they're not alone. But, uh, uh, you know, most of the studios are like this. But when 95 percent of their content they produce goes straight to, to Disney Plus, it yeah, that's nice if you subscribe to Disney Plus. But to me, it makes it less of an experience and it diminishes the product. It, you know, Soul was a good movie, but it went mm-hmm. straight to Disney Plus, and now it's it's disappeared into the scrap heap of you know of, of a TV show that you would have watched or, or streamed a couple of years ago, and then moved on. There's something about putting it in the theater, even if it's not massively profitable to run it that way, but. I think it, you make it up in the long run because it, it gives a reputation. It legitimizes the project and the characters and the music and everything. If it starts out as a movie in a movie theater and then, you know, three months later, you can put it on Disney Plus and uh, uh, specific to the park. They used to every big movie, at least the animated movies they had. And this was back when they were coming out once a year or once every year and a half instead of once a week. But there'd always be like a big parade or at minimum a parade float at, at Disneyland. There'd always be a big display of multiple windows at the Emporium with little figures and such. There'd always be merchandise, you know, whatever the cute little character was there, you know, the plush of that person, the, the T-shirts. There would be constant tie-ins and uh, most of that it's, is gone. And probably the main reason is because they analyzed the the potential to to how is this character and this movie going to stick? And they have to know that people want it before they build it. So that's why you don't build a, a new ride themed to a movie that's just coming out. I mean, Walt Disney built a Sleeping Beauty castle, you know, like <laughs> three, four years before there was a Sleeping Beauty. You know, he he had faith in his his product. And he also was only releasing one of these movies one every few years rather than, you know, constantly. So they're going to wait. You know, remember when Frozen came out, it was the biggest hit anywhere and it was Frozen nothing. And then finally, okay, well, reluctantly, we'll do a a meet and greet. And then slowly, years later, the rides and the merchandise and everything would come. So there's not enough. I think they have to they have to build up the importance of the best of their products uh, in the right way. And part of that is investing and promoting it in the parks. Yeah, I remember I remember that all the time in the 90s when I was growing up there was a Lion King celebration parade. They they even promoted their Disney afternoon stuff by having Afternoon Avenue, which they converted a bunch of uh Fantasyland for. I just remember all of these things and and I don't know what happened, but they they really stopped, you know, they were big on synergy. And I'm not exactly sure what happened, but they do have some stuff. I mean, they're doing okay at the Marvel stuff because they keep having characters show up in Avengers Campus, which I think is nice, but it's kind of low bar, right? It's like, well, you know, we'll get a we'll get a cast member to dress up as Kang the Conqueror and we'll put him out there for a month or so and move on to the next thing. And that that doesn't really take a lot of investment other than like somebody, you know, hiring a cast member, getting the costume, etc. Where like you said, there used to be parade floats, they would theme some different things. You know, it gets people kind of excited for it. We were just talking about this on on DL Weekly the other week that, you know, Teresa doesn't really watch any Marvel stuff. But she's like, you know, I'm kind of curious to know who this Kang the Conqueror guy is now because they put him in the park. Like that hmm. gets like interest peaked. So there's the fans that know who these people are, but then there's the people who don't know who they are and they see the stuff and they're like, well, that kind of seems interesting. 
And you're absolutely right. When Soul came out, you know, I felt bad. That was a Disney animation film, right? And then what was the, or was that the Pixar? Maybe that was Pixar. Well, Pixar, <laughs> at some point, Pixar came out with one too, and it went straight to Disney Plus. And then, like, I think the next one they came out with also went to Disney Plus. And I was thinking, man, if I worked at Pixar, I'd be so mad because you basically have now relegated our entire Pixar brand to Disney Plus. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And Pixar was kind of a crown jewel for Disney when they acquired them and for those first years, right? They came out with so many great stories that we know and love. They've made attractions of. They've made whole lands out of. And so I'm with you. I, I don't understand why they're they're not doing some of that other than they're just afraid to spend money. They're taking the safe route, I guess, is the is what I'm trying to say. Russ, what do you think? So yeah, I I, I agree with you about the synergy thing. I think they've lost a little momentum with the whole synergy because it's always been a thing with Disney where, you know, the parks are doing something and the movies are doing something and, you know, all the different parts of the company are all talking about the other parts of the company and they've lost a little bit of that momentum that they used to use. And like you said, you know, when the Mandalorian came out, everyone wanted, you know, the the baby and no one could get him <laughs> anywhere and why not you know you you've built this whole show around you know these two characters how come you don't have them there you know i i i get it it's an investment and a potential loss but then again you know you maybe don't produce as much at, at first but you have everything available and then if it's selling bam you start cranking out some more i i also get that they have some growing pains right now with the theaters cuz the theaters all the studios are all they're they're actually meeting with each other trying to discuss where is the future for showing our movies you know is it back to tv are the theaters going away are the theaters going to be like vinyl you know where everyone's talking to, instead of talking about lp records when i was a kid now they're called vinyls and it's retro to go buy your <laughs> music on vinyl instead of a <laughs> cd or digital copies so there there is those those growing pains there's those changes i also understand you know that during covid there were no theaters so they kind of had to release a lot of that stuff to disney plus plus they were trying to you know keep the morale up of the country at the time so you know i get that but then again if they're going to go that route then they need to design it that it's going that route they need to let people know what front because obviously everyone's kind of aware of some of the controversies with the actors who thought they were going to get paid so much because it was going to the theater and then they got bounced into Disney plus and you know, it was a whole different ball game. So there, there's some growing pains here, but there's also some history that they need to remember. You know, again, it's Disney going back to its roots. Like you said, Walt Disney built a whole castle three years before the movie even came out. They, they need to plan those things. They, they need to have, you know, di shop Disney talking with the, theater people with the you know studios and Pixar and talking to the parks. And uh, I know they used to do that. I don't know that, what they do now. You know, they have this whole new structure that they're coming out with. So I, I think one of the pluses that that Iger has added is, you know, trying to build some of that back into it again. So we'll, we'll see what happens. You know what, Russ, you reminded me of something because you were talking about Shop Disney. When I went as a little kid and I saw The Lion King in the theater, one of the things we went, I think, opening weekend or the second weekend, somewhere towards the beginning. One of the things was we got out of the movie and they had merchandise in the theater hmm. there. And you know what? I bought a book 
about The Lion King because I was like, that was a cool movie. And well, I didn't, you know, my parents bought it for me, but still, like, it was something that was that made made a sale there of a of a piece of merchandise. You know, why don't they do stuff like that? It's just it's nutty. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. There are so many opportunities. And I get that they're doing some of this stuff at Disneyland because it's cheap and it's easy to do. Putting up a, you know, a different background, a different mural on the old ESPN zone, having something that you can look at. That's easy. And you've got people that are frequently there. So something new is nice. Disney World doesn't really do much of anything from what I've seen lately for for new movies. I I do remember I was talking to my wife about this uh, last night. There was a year when they bought uh, Marvel. I was not as obsessively into Disney as I am now. So I didn't realize that until I went to the parks and they had a wrap on one of the monorails about the Avengers. Like, oh, holy cow, that's crazy. But but yeah, you know, Turning Red was that that movie tag, the 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 second Pixar film that was supposed to go to theaters. And even now, when they go to theaters, I just watched Strange World uh, because I just got my my disc of it and it's it's fantastic. I really liked it, and I heard nothing about it. And I actually go to the movies it at all. No, they didn't. They did nothing. Yeah, you 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 all have covered pretty much everything here. The thing that seems to be working out is Avengers Campus. I know some of the characters showing up seem to be kind of a flash in the pan, but you know it's kind of fun that they they at least have that work put out there. So if they want to hit, you know, in a few years when Kang is, you know, that Kang's can be in more of these movies, so they they can bring some of these characters back. When the next season of Loki comes out, they've already got a bunch of costumes for him, that sort of thing. So that that works. That's that's nice. Uh, but you can't do that everywhere. And you certainly can't do it at, at Disney World. Well, so. even the Avengers Campus, they kind of stumble a little bit because like uh, they had Wanda there last summer mm-hmm. and we really wanted to see Wanda. And we planned a trip and we went and she wasn't there because she was limited time, three weeks. Mm. And. You know, that's exciting. But, you know, when you've got an audience that potentially is going to be there all summer, you can't your limited time needs to be a little longer. So a lot of these characters I hear about and we never get to see them because we don't get there to the park in time. So even I I mean, I, I guess there's some marketing involved in that. But then again, you're trying to promote it. Let people see it. Yeah, that's a fair point. And there's not even it's not like there's a new Marvel thing coming out every every month. So why wouldn't you change the characters out? You know, it keeps some of the characters around more often or even in the same day. Just have I guess it's probably an actor thing. There's That's a lot of people to have trained in, in costume. But, but yeah, you mean friend, friend. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> OK, that was great. Let's move on to Dave's question for our last one on the, on the show. Well, what I noticed over the last uh, few days that I've been hearing about Disney Wise has been about this Walt Disney life-size hologram that Disney has created that's opening up the uh, sort of your your narrator, welcoming you to the 100 years of wonder touring Disney archives display. It started uh, currently in Philadelphia and will slowly make its way around the country. And you walk in and you're greeted by this hologram which is uh, uh, appears to be an actor who's uh, uh, they've superimposed the the, pay, the face of uh, Walt Disney on them. He's got much better hair than Walt, uh, and a little <laughs> more animated, but uh, they seem to do a good job. And it just made me wonder. It's also a little bit creepy for me. <laughs> I haven't seen it in per- person, so maybe it's very tastefully done. But I've always wondered what's too much Walt. Would it be okay if they had a Walt animatronic one day or a Walt walk-around character or, or life-size Walt 
plush dolls. I mean, when, <laughs> when is, when is too much Walt and, uh, um, you know, or can you not get a, enough? And so I'd be curious what you guys thought about that. For me personally, I guess if it's, it's tastefully done, it, it would be okay. But if they turn him into a, a character like Mickey Mouse, um, you know, and, and uh, doing the voice and the whole thing, maybe maybe that might be a little too much. Although I do like that they occasionally do go back to Walt and keep his name alive, which if for nothing else, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of young people who don't know who he is. So uh, I do want to keep him and his recognition around. Eric, what do you think? Uh, yeah, you know, that those are those are really good points. And that's kind of the way I'm thinking about it. The hologram doesn't look too bad. I'd like to see it in person <laughs> instead of see a video of the hologram. Because there I'm looking at it I'm like, no, the mouth doesn't work quite right. And yeah, everybody talks about the hair. <laughs> and There's some things that aren't going to be perfect. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's the reason why we have the partner statue, right? That's the story we were told is that that recognition of the name Walt Disney was was dropping. And how do we keep that going? I don't know that a hologram's a great a great answer to it. I think it would be well, maybe this is just for the the people who want to see this, you know, releasing the old Disneyland shows and World of Color on Disney Plus. That would go a long way. I think there would be a lot of interest in that. Yeah, I think as long as this is a I mean, this is part of a big celebration. And we actually talked about the hundred year celebration on our last episode where it's not we're we're still not sure exactly what's what's so great, what's going on with this celebration. So it's nice to see them try something that's that's big. I think they said that Walt would appreciate the technology and I Walt probably would to see a big, you know, a full sized hologram out there. I don't know that he would want it to be him. But he'd be excited about the technology, at least. So I'm not I, I, I'm maybe a little cautious and uh, a little creeped out, too. <laughs> now, what if they turned Walt into a Marvel superhero? Would you be OK with that if he gets thawed out of ice and they attach head back onto like Thor's body or something? Would that be all right? <laughs> That's a little too far. in my. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Russ, what do you think? So this situation, I, I wasn't aware of this. I, I, I've missed all this. So now I'm going to have to go you know, Google all this when, when we're done here. But it reminds me, I think it was in the 90s. They had Fred Astaire do a dancing sequence for a vacuum cleaner. And everyone was upset that they had Fred Astaire, you know, uh, selling vacuum cleaners. So it, it kind of reminds me of that situation a little bit. I think in terms of if they are using it. For him to promote something new that he had no knowledge of at the time, I, I, I would have some difficulties with that because we don't know what, you know, they always say, what would Walt do? What would Walt think? We, we don't really know. I mean, come on. We don't really know, in, in, except for in very bold general terms. So if they were going to use it for that, I, I would have some hardship. But if they're using it like for him to do one of his talks that he's been documented for having done or a subject that is well documented, how he felt about it. And like David said, you know, they're promoting him. The company does legally own his image. I mean, that was part of Walt sold his image and likeness and name and everything to the company. So they, they have a right to use it and it is their trademark. So they want to keep that trademark going and promote it. 
so I don't have a an hard time in general with the concept. Animatronic, actually, when you said that, David, I was thinking that would actually be really cool because now you're talking like Mr. Lincoln, you know, have Walt Disney stand up and give one of his speeches. That would be pretty cool to see. But overall, I, I think it's probably a good idea as long as they don't abuse it. I think, uh, I man, I've got this... Uh this thought and i can't i i was trying to google it quick while you guys were talking and i couldn't find it but i thought i had read somewhere or heard somewhere that like walt didn't want to be the character like he he created the stuff he didn't want it to be about him really even though he was like on the shows and presenting and all that stuff for some reason i thought that that was a big deal and maybe it was related to the statues that there was kind of some controversy when those came in because walt was like well you know i don't need to be like that or you know put on some pedestal literally i guess so for me for the hologram itself i think that it looks it's interesting technology i think it'll look different in person. The video that I saw of it was from like a Good Morning America uh, news segment. And I think if I didn't know that it was going to be there, I think it would have been really almost an emotional experience. Because if you if for those of you who haven't seen the video, Mickey as Sorcerer Mickey comes out and kind of conjures, if you will, Walt Disney out of magic. And then Walt kind of talks about the about the exhibit. And I was like, wow, that would be amazing. If I didn't know that was going to happen, I would have been like, my jaw would have dropped probably. His hair looks weird. He moves in kind of a strange way. But I think that's just the technology. You know, it's in the early days of all this stuff. It's cool that we even can do what we can do. So I think that that's great. The idea that you were talking about with like Mr. Lincoln, I was trying to think of a place. Unfortunately, it's got to, it would only be like classic attractions. I was thinking, where could you have an animatronic Walt introduce an attraction? Right? Like on the TV shows almost. Could you have, I mean, you could with Lincoln, but like the reality is not a ton of people go see Lincoln, but maybe you do it with like the carousel of progress. Like in the beginning, Walt says, you know, this was something I really cared about, you know, and have, I'm sure he's documented somewhere. They can pull the audio from him talking about it and they just can animate an animatronic around that or the tiki room. It'd be really neat. Like while you're waiting outside, if like the Walt animatronic came out and talked about the tiki room or something, I don't know, but. Something like that, I think, would be really neat. I do love that they're keeping him in the parks with World of Color 1, he he talks. I know that during the 60th anniversary fireworks show, they had clips of him in the 50th anniversary show and the parade for the 50th. So it was, it was nice to keep him around, for sure. I just don't know in what form does he need to be around and would be respectful to his wishes and just, like, his family's wishes. Because I think it'd be weird if it was, like, my grandfather... And I went to Disneyland and then there was like an animatronic of him. I don't, I don't know. That, there's, there's just something strange about that. You know, because like we think of it as consumers. But if it was like our family, would we want like that might be stranger or, or hurtful or emotional for us. So anyway, well, that does it for this episode of the Hub Crawl. We would like to thank our guest, David. Thank you for coming on. Where could people find you online or get your books or anything like that? Yep. The easiest place to get them is uh, on Amazon. Just press a button and you got uh, anything you want. And uh, I occasionally write for micechat.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, thanks, Russ. Where can people find you and your, your books? Well, thanks for having me on. It was fun. It was uh, actually uh, mentally challenging a little bit. <laughs> trying to 
figure out where where we're coming from. But uh, they can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Just search for Seen Unseen Disneyland. Uh, if you're interested in getting my books, you can get them at Amazon. They're actually a little bit cheaper if you go to my website at Sudbooks, S-U-D-B-O-O-K-S dot com. There's actually deals and stuff on there for you. So... Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And I can personally attest to both of these folks' books because I own all of them, (laughs) that they are great things to add to your bookshelf if you don't already have them there. I highly recommend them. So join us next time where we continue to talk all things Disney. All right. Thanks, everybody. 